0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, my name is Susan, and I eat compulsively. I'm a a grateful member of of, uh, the Worldwide uh, Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you, Michelle for asking me to come and lead. I always honor, I'm always honored to be able to participate in my recovery. And if there's any newcomers, so glad you're here. please keep coming back. Um, I remember when I was new, I did what they called identifying out. I went to one meeting and I said, nobody was in the room. They didn't treat food like I treated it. And I was gone for three years. Um, and um, I came back seven years ago. And, you know, that was by the grace of God. Um, today I always want to remember that um, I am absent today by the grace of God and any success I have is more his than mine. Um, you know I heard I heard in your um, I heard in your opening you know people are, are, are free to address you know their higher power any way that they choose. I choose to address it as God so I don't want to offend anybody but that's the way that I have my access. I have my access to God and I appreciate everybody else's you know, of ability to access that, that power that's bigger than themselves and whatever works for them. And I learned those kinds of things in the room because I'm a judger, I've got lots of opinions and I want to make you wrong because I thought that made me right. And, you know, and those are the things that I get to learn in the meetings. Um, you know, I came in this—I came in seven years ago, seven plus years ago um, to stay and I got a sponsorship for six months. Um, and I had some, you know, chunks of recovery, some chunks of abstinence, um, but currently I have five years, I celebrated five years of abstinence on the 1st of April. And for that, you know, I am so grateful. Um, my current abstinence is uh, no, no recreational sugar. And for me, that includes honey and agave. Um, I um, refrain from eating tortilla chips, from eating bread, And for me, bread is like sourdough, rye, things that used to come from the bakery. Um, And and I don't, and I don't binge. Um, And by the grace of God, I've been able to, I started off with the recreational sugar and that was actually given to me by my sponsor. Um, And as I continued in the program, I found other things that I'm willing to say because there's other things and some of them I'm not willing to address yet. Um, and I know that in time God will make that um it will become more it, it will become more apparent to me. I'll have more clarity around it, that there's still maybe some other things that um don't work for me. Um and I I I do have trouble stop to, to stop eating them. Um I came in because it wasn't for the vanity. I came in pretty much a healthy body weight, which is pretty much what I have now. I got maybe five pounds extra, um, but I came in because I was crazy. I came in because I had lost the ability to have rational thought and action around food. And so when they say you came in for the vanity or the sanity, I came in for the sanity. And what happened was um, I'd had one last binge of these particular cookies. And of course they were on sale. Now they were on sale, I shouldn't say of course. They were on sale. And of course I bought two because I thought that the single service was two cookies, and I, that would give me a couple of weeks of cookies. Nah, delusion. Um, and of course I had, by the end of the night, eaten both bags of cookies. I was on my kitchen floor crying, saying, I need help, I can't do this anymore. Still didn't think about, 08, even though three years ago i had come in, people didn't look like me, didn't talk about food like me. So I said, bye-bye. I took my Newcomer's cat packet and left. Um, three years later, <coughs> I had a little bit of clarity excuse me, no, being able to at least acknowledge that I needed help. Didn't know what that help was going to look like. I knew it wasn't the dieting that i had been doing and the grazing and the binging that i had been doing. And so I reached out to another, to a friend, a, a fellow in another fellowship who's not in this fellowship, but what she carried the message that day. And what she said to me was, and I was in full blown, hysterical tears, crying, crossing a major street. Not a good thing, not a good plan. And I called her, not somebody I called regularly, but it was her day to carry the message to me. And what she said was, congratulations, which, of course, I'm like, what? I'm hysterical here. You're telling me congratulations. She said, you've been touched by the hand of God today. He's brought you to a new, lo- to new level of awareness. And for that, I'll always be grateful. And for that, I will always, um, you know, I hope I never forget that because that's how that's how I got here. You know, I got to Overeaters Anonymous not because she told me to come. That actually was like a two part because when I talked to my sponsor in my other program the other day, she's also, thank you, also not a member of this program, you know, and she and I talked, tried to talk to her about food before and she doesn't get it. And so she said, but what she does know, she knows the 12 steps. She says, find an Overeaters Anonymous meeting And I put up some resistance because I'm not an OA, but I also go to OA OA meetings so I can find out more about my disease. And and I said, well, I can go to, she said, no, no, go to the meeting. I'm not, I'm not a person that uses profanity a lot. So, um, and she said, go to the meeting where your ass is on fire. I found an OA meeting. I called her back. I got to my first meeting and I felt at home. I was ready. I felt at home. And I did a lot of listening. I didn't do a lot of talking and I'm a talker, but I hadn't, God gave me the grace of silence and opening my ears. And within the first two months, so I came in December of 14, and in February, I all of a sudden I knew that I couldn't eat like nuts out of a bag and and slices of cheese or the little little cheese, uh, like a lady, because that was one of the terms I used a lot when I came in. And I knew I couldn't do that. Something within me knew I couldn't do that. So that the need and the desire to eat that was lifted. I hadn't, didn't have a sponsor yet, but I had all of you. And that June um, I found a sponsor and what she asked me to do was give up recreational sugar, eat three meals a day and an optional snack. And that's still my eating plan today is three meals a day and optional snack. Though I did not hear optional, I just heard snack. All right, that's four times a day I get to eat. And what's interesting for me is that I came in a non-eater till 5 p.m. Because I was afraid that if I ate anything in the morning or any time during the day, my experience had been I would just could I would just eat, could I would eat uncontrolled. So I didn't eat till five or six at night, thinking, oh well, if I don't eat till six, how much can I damage can I do? Um, I did enough. You know, I did I my story is not one of a wide big weight, you know, swing. 25, maybe 30 pounds. That was it. You know, I came in, you know, when I, my highest, and that was before I came into the room was probably 25 pounds more than I am now, might be 20 pounds, get them up a little bit. And I actually lost 10 pounds in the room, not paying attention. But when I dropped, when I started eating regularly, when I, um, you know, released the, the, at that point, the sugar and the nuts and the cheese, and my body knew it was getting regular sustenance throughout the day. It was able to release weight. I got down to a weight, that, let's say, it's like maybe 15, 18 pounds less than I am now. I'm a 71-year-old woman. I came in at about 64. So this is like about I'm about 65, that point 66. And 115 was too thin. Now, 20 years ago, I had have diet for that number. Probably could have. But that was not a good number for where I am now. So I had to adjust where you know and my sponsor and I talked but I didn't do it alone had to, and my doctor was saying it was too thin for me so we adjusted what my eating was going to look like still three meals a day didn't go to my didn't go to my brownies which was my thing to say oh good I could eat more I just ate a little bit more so that's you know that's what it was like and that's what it that's you know that's how I got here and I found a dot of my understanding which has changed over time you know power greater than myself um Michelle had asked me to talk about the tools of recovery. And um, I don't know if you have read this new booklet or not, but it's called, Where Do I Start? And I replaced Dignity of Choice, which is now not being printed anymore. It is full. It has the Dignity of Choice stuff in it, plus a whole lot more. And I've really enjoyed, re- I really enjoyed reading it because it has expanded, uses our expanded definition of, um, of abstinence and and recovery, as well as it has the 15 questions in it. It talks about the tools of recovery. It talks about, um, you know, a plan of eating. It talks about the requirements for membership. It just has whole, it has the prayers in it. It has so many tools in it that in one one place, because I know there are other places, but it's nice to have it concise in one place. So Um, As you know, there are nine tools of recovery. The the plan of eating, sponsorship, meetings, telephone, writing, literature, action plan, anonymity, and service. I'm going to do a brief sketch of how I use each one of these um, because I need all nine. You know, the plan of eating for me is three meals a day um, with an optional snack. Um, it's eating and, and the things that I used to remind me that it was, I heard, I heard it in the rooms, you know, God, please help me eat. Okay. And I just went blank. Um, oh, 10 minutes. Help, thank you. Help me eat healthy foods in healthy amounts at healthy times, you know, so that guide that that's a guide for me. Um, you know, my plan of eating, you know, is I've reported it, which means I reported the food at the end of the day, what I actually ate. I've also committed it. And I've done par- I've done pieces in between where dinner is the one I struggle with because it's my favorite meal. Um, it's still though I, though breakfast has moved into the second place there. Um, and so I've committed just I've committed just my dinner because my breakfast and my lunch I can pretty much get through those without thinking about it. Um, dinner sometimes has caused me problems. So there was a time when I just committed my dinner to make so I didn't have to make those decisions about dinner. Um, you know and. Uh, this and this help. This plan of eating helps me to work toward a healthy body weight. It helps me to remedy, to provide, to find um, uh, recovery for the physical part of our disease because our disease is threefold. It's a physical allergy, which is what we've all, which is the easiest one for most of us to treat. You know, because we can see it. We dieted over it. We've not eaten over it. We've exercised over it. we whatever we've done over it. You know, because we're trying to deal with that physical part of our disease, which we've had some success with and we haven't had success with. Um, The other part of our disease is the obsession of the mind. And that's the hardest part because I can't see when I I can't see it. I can see whether I can see whether I'm eating a brownie or not. I can't see when my brain is thinking, oh, this would be a good idea. You know, you can do sugar free brownies, right? That's going to get me into trouble. So I don't do sugar free of the substances. Of the I, eat, I do have sweeteners, but I don't do, I don't, do, for me, the sugar sweet option, I've not tried it because I'm afraid. And sometimes it's the healthy fear that keeps me out of my disease because my disease tells me, oh, you can just one bite. My daughter's getting married at the end of the year and, you know, one bite of cake, not going to happen because I have one bite. Nope, there won't be for anybody else. So I just don't, I don't, I don't play with my absence. I don't play, play with my recovery in terms of the food. Um, you know, and then the third part is the malady of the spirit. And that's where, because this is, that reminds me, this is a spiritual program. The diets didn't work because all they could do was help me stop the food, which is only one third of my disease. So there's two thirds hanging out that, that that a diet does not, or weight surgery, et cetera, does not, does not, does not address. So I need, and I need all three of those parts because the only way that I can remedy my, I can, I can remedy my map the obsession of my mind is, is with having access to a power greater than myself. Um, I also, you know, the sponsorship. You know, sponsorship is a great tool. It's a tool where I, where I am connected um, on a regular basis to an individual who I'm willing to trust to be intimate with. Intimate mean I'm willing to share my dark, my deepest, darkest part of me that I don't even want to look at. Um, it's somebody who is there to help me walk through the steps. And I walk through the steps so I can grow in my connection with a power greater than myself. Um, my sponsor is somebody who I want what she has. And I've had, I'm on my fourth sponsor in a way, no harm, no foul. Some people come in, get absent the first day and 40 years later, they're still they're still with the same sponsor. That's not been my journey. But my journey has been... That I the, the, these women have, have walked that part of the journey that God wanted them to walk with me, and then I needed to expand my prayer group in a different way, and I found somebody else who could walk me on that part of the journey. So whatever your sponsoring looks like, you know, I've had I've had a number of sponsees. and in the beginning when I wasn't so grounded in sponsoring, I took it personally, and now I know they have to they, they get to do it their way. And if it's, if, and all I can give them is share with them is my experience within the program. And if that's not attractive to them, then I certainly don't want to stand in your way. I also know that it tells us in the big book that the only immunity I have against returning to my disease is working with others. So I have to work with others, you know, to share what, to give what I've been given to me so freely. You know, the meetings, you know, the meetings is not the program. The meetings is one of the tools. I go to meetings for hope. I get hope in the meetings. I go to meetings to know that I'm not alone. I go to meetings because I get relief from isolation. Um, and I go to meetings to hear what your good practices are that work for you. I've learned things in the meeting that have nothing to do with food or my obsession with it. I have a sleep buddy because I was having a, so it's, a it's a woman that attacked. We found each other in the room um, six years ago five or six years ago. And all we do is we're an accountability partner. We have no judgment on whether we get in bed at 2 a.m. or we get in bed at eight, doesn't matter. But it's a way for, for us to be accountable to somebody else. And we just simply text, I'm in. Sometimes we share it our day with like, sometimes not. And we don't see each other very often. Um, but yeah, I, I got that, I did get that in the rooms. And I get to, you know, I, it's important for me to, as I want to expand my spiritual practice, I can take something from you. I've got reminded from a newcomer. I can pray on my knees at night. I have a spiritual practice in the morning, you know, which is pretty extensive. But I, I had, I kind of played with the on the knees at night last six eight months. I've been praying on my knees at night. Um, you know, and I need to support my meeting by taking a commitment, by doing, by putting money in the basket if I can, um, by welcoming the newcomer that's how I get and by sharing you know that's being of service because our meeting does not well just having a room is not a meeting it takes all of us you know the telephone you know some I didn't come up in sponsorship they talked about three meal three meetings uh, three phone calls a day but that was not a requirement there were other and other lines of sponsorship sponsorship that is a requirement and I had done it off and on um, about two months ago um, There's another meeting, it's not an official OA meeting. If you want more information, I'll be glad to give it to you outside of the after the meeting concludes. Um, And they've done something that's so, for me, it's just so revolutionary. They have a group meet and people, and the only purpose of that requirement for that group meet is that you wanna be of service or you need somebody to be of service. People put, we put our names, we put the times that we're available, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And sorry, I don't know what that is, okay. And, and then we have places to call. So I don't have to say, okay, if I called this person 12 times this week already. So sure now I've got an alert going off. Sorry, ladies. Clear. Goodbye. Okay. Go off. Goodbye. Thank you. Um, technology, gotta love it. Um, and um, lost my train of thought. Oh, so anyhow, so I started making these these the three calls a day, and it makes such a difference. Sometimes it's getting a call, being available to be of service, to take calls, sometimes it's me picking up the phone and calling, but it makes, because it keeps me connected to you, and through you, I get to get connect, I get to connect with God, when we talk with each other, we're working our program, you know, we're working our program, and inviting God in, and that's so important, because that's that spiritual component, I look, one of the tools is writing, I've never been a great writer, you know, I, I, you know, I, I would write, there was an assignment, but I just, you know, I wasn't a journal keeper, never have been. And I learned it in the rooms. Uh, over a year ago, I heard somebody in the room that shared their spiritual practice, shared their writing practice. I'm now a daily writer. Who knew? Because I thought, ugh, you know, I tried, you know, writing a half a page, writing three sentences. I, try, I tried all that, but this is what stuck with me. And I'll share that with you. My writing practices in the morning. I you have two you. minutes left. Ooh, thank you. I write a dear God letter. I write a gratitude list. And I then I have a section that says, let go and let God. And recently I add in. So I'm letting God in. And I can put anything in that that I want. Um, literature is important. We have lots of readers and we have OA and AA literature, which I'm so grateful that we include that as part of the literature that is approved for us to use because I get to say for me, the answers to life are in the big book. You know, and I can talk to somebody else who understands the big book in a way and can interpret that to me. And I'm so grateful for that. Our OA literature is rich and abundant. Um, And we can use the books, the pamphlets, and there's always something else emerging. You know, my action plan is what how am I, how, what am I gonna do today that's gonna keep me absent? Exercise, water, you know, my eat, my plan of eating, connecting with others. That's my action plan, you know, and I have, to do, I have to do something every single day. I can't, otherwise I'm sitting on my laurels and all I'm gonna get is crushed laurels and I get complacent. Um, anonymity keeps us a safe place for all of us. So it's a place for that we can share and we don't have to worry about, we don't, we don't have to worry about other people outside the rooms getting information on us. And then the last thing is service, which I've kind of included through all of this is that I have to give it away. In order for me to work by problem, I have to give it away. And I give it away for fun and for free without any expectation um, that I'm going to get anything out of it. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I wanted to read today's reading in for today because I, I, it spoke to me. And so I hope it speaks to you. May 14th. He that has too secure is not safe. Whether I have been absent 12 hours or 12 days, I never have it made. Today's recovery is all I have. A compulsive overeater who has had any kind of dieting career knows all too well how suddenly, suddenly, all the wonderful plans came crashing down. The one day at a time philosophy of Overuse Anonymous is insurance against complacency. It guards against my projecting anything beyond this 24 hours. I know I am abstinent today, but I cannot tell what I will do tomorrow. That is the attitude that keeps me gratefully abstinent. I ensure only of this day's abstinence. I have no need to plan tomorrow's abstinence or weight loss. Thank you for letting me be of service.